everybody, it's Lori with the Catch a Pocket Podcast. And tonight, episode 41, Joey Henry of the Dirty Sunshine Club. And also the Calamity Cubes with Brooke and Cody. Um, he's Banjo. And he's a great photographer. If you ever get a chance to click on the links that I provide in the notes section of this podcast, you'll see his photography, the way that he makes art out of the photography and his songs and later in the podcast he'll sing a song called waiting games possibly i mean he really sings it but it may or may not be named waiting games um he's doing things with stop motion video and he's doing the music for it i'll provide the link to my road reel 2021 in which he did that music on a stop motion video and don't forget to like subscribe tell your friends follow smash whatever the catch a pocket podcast catch a pocket podcast um thanks for joining us and here's joey henry Joey Henry of the Dirty Sunshine Club and Calamity Cubes and pinball and photography and skateboarding and Instagram and you know them and you love them. So how are you doing, Joey? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? I'm wonderful, wonderful. I'm glad you're here. Likewise. Yeah, it's wonderful to have you. And uh, so... On the Catch a Pocket podcast, you know, we talk about art and stuff, but first we talk about where you were born in your younger years. Okay. I was born in a bathtub in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Really? Yeah. Uh, in a house kind of, uh, and I don't mean this to sound like uh, that old sketch, but in a house down by the river. Okay. But like uh, kind of near like 21st Street-ish in Tulsa. Um, but yeah, I was born at home there and... Uh, Split my time uh, between Tulsa and Wichita growing up as a as a little kid. We had a little house in uh, Berry Hill, which is just basically, part, you know, a little suburb of Tulsa. And okay. uh, my dad started a siding company here in Wichita, so he started splitting his time up, and then eventually we all just moved down here. Awesome. Up here. Moved up here. Yeah, moved up here. So Tulsa was where you were born, in a bathtub. So you got to hear that story a lot when you were a kid about how you were born in a bathtub, or was everybody born in a bathtub? I mean, I don't know about everybody else. There's a whole lot of people out there, but all I know is I, I was. I think that that and uh, the umbilical cord being wrapped around my neck are the two stories I always heard about growing oh, up. Oh, my goodness. So you, it was a... Somebody had to pull. I mean, it was exciting day at Ex- your house. Exciting times. Yeah, that uh, was the big day. That was all 
you could talk about for basically a always a pain in the butt since oh, day one couldn't even come out of the womb without <laughs> wrapping the cord around your neck yeah okay <laughs> the poor guy so um so from there you moved here so when was that in your life like how old were you when that happened the uh like it was kind of happening between like the ages of three and five yeah yeah, there was a lot of in-between, and then I think at first, the first memories of Wichita I have, like, was we were staying at these hotels out on West Kellogg. Yeah. And uh, they're not there anymore, but they were just, like, these little round buildings, a bunch of little round ones, and they were each, like, little hotel things or whatever. Where the car pulls right up to the door of the thing? No, it was just, like, each one was its own little round building i don't know if they're duplexes or what yeah it's like a bunch of little ones i don't i have no clue this is a you know uh this is a long time ago so my memories could be just like a five-year-old's memory yeah okay we rented a house on west link uh between central and 13th street and uh so when i was three i had my first driving experience when i Backed my mom's car from our house into the ditch behind us, into the Westlink ditch. Oh, okay. So that was cool. Yeah, man, you're then, exciting. Uh, eventually, they <laughs> bought a house around in that same neighborhood, and that's where I ended up growing up. Okay. So that area, is that near, uh, like, the zoo area, sort of? Yeah, it's like um, between uh, Tyler and Mays. Yeah, okay. And between Central and uh, 13th Street. A really kind of cool area. Like, um, you had plenty of neighbors and stuff to play with and that kind of crap. Had neighbors. Hey. Had neighbors. Yeah. What's up? We you had weren't a... crashing their car, stealing it. It's a lot of questions, cop. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not when I was three. Come on. Okay, no. but you lived there I did later. Cra- I later. did crash the car uh, right away. First things first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because, uh, let's see, my mom ran inside to, like, get some papers for a meeting or something. Yeah. And I just hopped in the car and just hit it and went in reverse and went back into that ditch. Wow. Anybody knows the West Link Ditch knows that uh, it's <laughs> it's pretty funny to imagine a three-year-old back in the car and into it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's three. So from there, you know, you went to public school, private school? Yeah, public school. Yeah. I went to, uh, I didn't go to the neighborhood schools. Um, I went to uh, Emerson at the time when I first started going there. It was Emerson Open Alternative School. Okay. And then halfway through going there, they changed it to Emerson Open Magnet School. Magnet. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, and so then I went to Mayberry Magnet, and then finally I went to my neighborhood Northwest High School. Okay, and that's a good school. I mean, those are all real good schools. Um. Um. So, public school, and then when did you start? getting into art uh well i think i always wanted to you know i like always lean towards the counterculture kind of things but um i didn't have very many examples in front of me right my i had older siblings but they were all so much older than me uh that i was just out of out of touch out of reach okay um so my older brother is 10 years older than me and then my older sister is five years older than me Okay. And I just, just kind of quite at a, not quite in the same generation even almost. Right. Uh, so, but definitely high school, like, uh, they wouldn't let us take photo class until sophomore year. Uh-huh. 
But then I basically didn't leave the dark room. Okay. I just so you couldn't. found you knew about it and you as soon as could you could take it you were there. I sucked the whole the first year the first class I took I barely passed. Uh-huh. Uh and they weren't they weren't supposed to let you take photo two unless you got like a, a C or better or something. Uh-huh. Sure. And I just barely scraped by it with a D. Yeah. But my last assignment, uh, all the photo two kids were like, Mrs. Dirks, you have to let him go forward. He loves it here. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and she believed in me enough and I turned my I turned my shit around. I turned my attitude around and yeah. uh to this day, like I'll ne- I could never thank Connie Dirks enough for the way she showed me how to how to appreciate and uh, study the light like that. Oh, wow. Very cool. Awesome. Um, so that's where you got your, you do take some outstanding pictures and you light, you use light. I think you use, uh, I don't know, Photoshop a little bit. Like, no. Uh, that light is so crazy. You'll make that oil slick look like, the most neon lightish, you know, I just don't know. The light's already there. Yeah. And uh, the different lights, they're burning at different temperatures. Uh-huh. And so when you start seeing that, and it, it, I can't paint, but I started thinking about it like, oh, the classical painters, they're all studying the light. Right. And they're yeah. all coming up with new ways to present it and, and see it and to understand it. And, and obviously I'm not comparing myself to any of that right, sure. but i'm just saying i'd start treating it like that as opposed to i'm trying to shoot a cool photo right i'm just in this moment in this space gonna celebrate the light and celebrate this space the best i can that's awesome uh and with a lot of it is um it's the high it's highlighting natural illusions around us yeah so people think it's photoshop this and that but it's finding those depths and textures and surrealities in those simple things just like a puddle well that makes it even more awesome you know what um, I mean? and i'm not saying i don't edit like if i'm in right. a, if i'm in a dark room and if i'm using film uh-huh. if i want to make uh something have more contrast and in, in my print You'll you know what i put in, in in there i put in a filter yeah into that sure. enlarger you know yeah. what i mean like you it's still the same do thing. stuff. It's the same concept. Yeah, people yeah. do this hashtag no filter, no right. edits or whatever. And I'm like, Ansel Adams would be so disappointed in you. Because... <laughs> yeah, because he had so much going on with his uh, lenses and things like that. Everything. Yeah. And he had he he had the exposure stuff like a science, and right. he gridded every square inch of the print different. Amazing. I mean, I mean, it wasn't like. Anyway, point being is that like uh, a lot of people will say, "Oh, you can't do this without Photoshop." This is obviously multiple images together. Mm. I've even had people that are photography teachers try to call me out on stuff. Really? I'm like, really? It's so simple. Like, oh my god, it's that's like, so awesome though. You just, it's like it's so it's so simple. It's silly. Like, but the the universe is but already your mind there. Mind wants to see. What you're showing it, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. sometimes an illusion, it feels like. But, you know, I've seen pictures that are magnified. Somebody puts a magnified something and they're like, guess what it is. And you, it's hard to guess what it is a lot of times. It doesn't look like what it should look like, you know. But anyway, in a way, that's kind of the concept that you're doing as well. Is like, 
I want people to see, to think about how there's a little bit of everything in everything. And yeah. we are made of the star stuff. You know, that's like the a, fa- a famous romantic cliche, like, oh, we're all just made of star stuff. Right. But uh, even in a puddle, even if it's there for three hours yeah. before it's dried up, on its own scale, there's an entire ecosystem that's created therein. Right. And when I get in there and I do a puddle scape, if I do it right, well, then I turn this puddle grime into galaxy shine. Right. And I've shown you this portal, this this parallel universe that's right there in front of our faces everywhere we look. Right. And, you know, we have this the mysteries of the universe out there, but I, I think that it's uh, important to look around us, too, because it's, it's everywhere right. around and within us. Awesome. So I say that a lot, too, turning puddle grime into galaxy shine. But yeah. That's true. It is what it is. You know, it's it's uh, all part of the bigger scheme of things, you know. You should treat it all respectfully, I, you know. And yeah. you do with those pictures. Those are so beautiful. And I didn't know that, so that's amazing. I'm glad to hear that. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that's so talented of you. So what are your what are your uh, photography? What are you working on now? Like, are you working on anything project wise in your art or always? Yeah, yeah, but it's always like in general, it's just a lifelong, ongoing series of studies. Right. And uh, I don't have any like particular shows. Or I don't have an exhibit that I'm specifically working on. Right. But I got a bunch of projects and every day, like, I mean, I, I don't have a day-to-day job, so I barely right. survive selling one photo at a time, right. you know, like last week was a counting pennies kind of week. And then at the end of the week, I had some decent sales and I was able to go get some groceries, right? take the car to the shop, like that. But, yeah. you know, it's like really just uh hustle. You're hustling for money, living that life, and and doing art and doing what makes you feel like whole and, and well, stuff like that. So like the Dirty Sunshine Club, it's uh it's all of my stories, whether it's the music or it's the whole thing. The the yeah, all the the photos, the words. Like I used to think I had to focus if I was gonna find success at all. I, was, I had to focus on either music or photography. Right. And I just can't do that. And I realize that they all work together. They all grow up on the same cul-de-sac of storytelling within me. Uh, And I get so many words for songs and stuff from the photos. Right. And so um, I I always have a pop-up shop with my merch when I'm traveling with my music. Right. So I have a touring exhibit at all times. Of what's Uh, going on, what you're shooting. Yeah, and then as those get sold that like one off prints you know uh-huh. then eventually i can get some more made but it's normally from the more recent six months or whatever right or like say like uh, i'm about to de- take a little tour to new england and i've been to new england before okay. and so this time uh i'm gonna have a whole bunch of new england prints ready to show just as an appreciation right to show people when i'm when i'm there like how much i how beautiful i see where they're from and how much i appreciate being there right and if you're from there you'll appreciate or understand what you're capturing better than someone who'd never been there before yeah yeah 
and I have the ongoing like I had the 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 books, the limited books that I do, and then like the limited puzzles and right. Uh, always just kind of cu- trying to come up with uh, new things to to make and limited, you know, new new things to have limited fun. Like I'm gonna make twenty blankets with photos on them. Yeah, you know, or like that's cool. Just whatever different stuff, and just have those kind of rotating through. Things that spark your interest and also people might be asking for or or something, you know, just jiving yeah. off of something and saying, here's a great idea. Or you see someone do a great idea and say, I could do that, you know, yeah. do something like it. Well, like, uh, there's so many different ways to do the stuff. So, like, I do my limited books. I've done three of them. Yeah. About time to do a fourth one. But I also can do the same approach for someone... Uh, for a private situation, right. so like, um, for say for for instance, Norton's Brewery here in town, yeah, uh, they saw me shooting photos of some reflections in the alley and asked me what I was doing, and I told them, and eventually that led to me making a custom book just for them. Wow! And it's not something they made a bunch of to sell. Mm-hmm. It's just something for them. And it's like I went. I spent about a month or two and just kind of went in at different times, right? And shot photos at different times and set up different puddles in different places yeah. and did uh, different puddlescapes of their beer garden and That's all amazing. this stuff. <laughs> and then give them this like book of their dreams coming to life, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then uh, next year I'll be in Belgium really? for a, a tour, and there's a tattoo shop there in this little village in Belgium. And I'll be doing one of these custom books. I got a couple of days off there uh-huh. so that I can do uh, spend a few days, you know, checking out the sunrises and the sunsets right. and doing as much photos as I can so I can get them a custom right. book for that stuff. So you know these people in this tattoo parlor? parlor? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and they're friends of yours because you've been there before or something? Yeah, when we were there. The uh, Calamity Cubes? The Calamity Cubes played in Europe uh, 2018. Uh-huh. And all three of us do solo stuff, and we all three did solo sets while we were there. Right. Uh, and so people got a frame of reference uh, for, for both deals. Uh-huh. Uh, and in this particular case, uh, it's a, a place called Tequila Tattoos. Um, and uh, when I was there last time, I had my photo prints, you know, and that happened right. to be like one of the last gigs of that tour. And uh, and this is where again Amsterdam. This was in Belgium. Belgium. Uh, yeah, and I'm gonna say the name of the village wrong, so I'm not gonna try to say it. Okay. But uh, Tequila Tattoos is the shop. Okay. And uh, our buddy, uh, he he looked through my photos that I had left, you know, and he's like, he's like, I'm just gonna buy all of them. Whoa. Yeah. Cool. And uh, so he bought all of them, and then. Uh, we were talking, and he's like, next time you're here, I want you to make a book. Yeah. And so we've been talking about it, and he's bought more. You know, I've shipped more to him since then. Sweet. And yeah. he, he's always like, you better bring enough because I'm going to buy them all. Awesome. That's <laughs> really good. It's good to have a support a friend and, and someone who supports what you're doing and really loves it because I guess that's a fan in a way. Um, it's good to have good fans, you know. Well, and, and more than that, like, uh, it's – I don't – I don't even think of it like that because it's like he's giving me just as much medicine and he's letting me know that right. that my, my medicine can be medicine for him. Right. And that's what we're really sharing together. 
So um, that's more, I mean, that's more beautiful anyway. Well, that's what makes the whole thing work, you know? Like, it's, an, I'm never going to be a, a big time person, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm always going to be uh, no in the pockets <laughs> of, of things, but I'll survive because, uh, because people let me know that they believe in me. Right. Uh, and even if it's, you know, I'll go perpetual i'm perpetually broke but i've been been treading water and yeah. uh yeah uh, you earned it all just uh, well i'm so lucky that people it, it, that i had the opportunity to share to hear stories of where the medicine goes with people yeah and i'm so lucky that people choose to share their medicine back with me and that's that's the thing i want people to know the most is just that uh how much I appreciate and never for a second take for granted that when they believe in me and I work right. my best when I can, when I know that, you know? Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's a, it's a beautiful thing. It is. Yeah, it is. I had a friend uh, from Ohio. He drove all the way from Ohio last week uh, just to shoot some photos for his album coming up. Yeah. And uh, it's like, man, this guy believes in me enough. Like, we didn't even talk beforehand really about what he wanted. He just like, no, I got some ideas. I'm going to go this weekend. Right. And we didn't book any gigs. Normally we play shows together and stuff, uh -huh. but uh didn't book any gigs. The whole weekend was just dedicated to that. And uh, we got so much good work done. And all of it is just because he, you know, like it was, yeah. he believed in me and he chose to spend money to drive all the way from Ohio. Right, right. For this, you know. That's so supportive, you and know. And I think those kinds of things just make uh, make the world go around. Man, they do. I mean, it's so sweet. So um so that was just this weekend. How do you keep your pictures just digitally in a you know, some hard drives or something, but or is it do you have a printed out book that you keep everything in or books? Oh, if I printed everything? Yeah. It would, it would take up it, this room? It would. I have no clue. Like, it would cost so much money. So it's just <laughs> all digitally and you're, you know. Yeah, unless I can, like, I don't ever get to see them big unless people order them. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Or unless, like, I choose to, you know, like, yeah. for my uh, traveling exhibit, uh -huh. Everything's eleven by fourteen. Okay. Uh, and they're they're actually a sixteen by nine ratio, so the eleven by fourteen kind of comes out looking like a widescreen because uh -huh. it's got black on top and on bottom of the image. Okay. But I make it eleven by fourteen because it's uh, the easiest and cheapest size to frame. Okay. And, and it's it's big enough travel. to like be like nice, you know, mm -hmm. but it's not too big to be bougie. Uh huh. And <laughs> you're yeah. at the bar, and it's like just it's manageable. You have to carry it yeah. around. Yeah. People like anytime somebody spends seventy five dollars or fifty dollars <laughs> on a print at a bar. Yeah. You know, like all right, I these people are my these are my people. And you've got to feel a little bit um, wonderful about your eye and your ideas. You know what I mean? I think adulation is a good thing because it keeps you keeps us all. Uh, kind of feeling that happiness that you need and the joy you need as well, you know, to to keep going. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't ever sit around and be like, man, I love my eye. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. No. No, I, I don't think, I, I don't ever think, like, I'm, 
No, I never but... think of myself in those like things, you know. Yeah, but when, other I, when do, I think of like, myself, man, I love this art. You know that somebody's gone, gotten the thing, put a frame on it, and been like, oh, yeah. check out this thing I got. Oh, I wow. love it. Yeah, and, but it, it really that's what it goes back to. Like when I, to me, it's just like I'm just so thankful they like they could use the medicine. Yeah, uh, and that's the and that's it the is, big thing. You know, it's you know, this like, big happiness or something that they get joy off of so well yeah and, and just like a song people are gonna that photo is gonna mean something to them mm-hmm. for whatever reason it means yeah. it to them right doesn't matter what it meant to me like once i put it out there yeah like, it's kind uh, of for their interpretation yeah you know that's awesome yeah so so we talked about your photography pretty well but and that spurn from your teacher and that's really cool yeah how about musically what did you play music in high school too, or did you just pick up like a guitar? Uh, I grew up with music in the house. Uh, yeah. Pops is a musician. He's a his main love is the piano and keyboards. Organs. Oh, so he's probably a pretty good musician. He's a badass. Yeah. Um. He's he's a he's yeah. So here in town, he's pretty known or anything or. Uh. He hasn't gotten out and played as much uh, right. in the last ten years. But before that, he was pretty hot. Yeah. I don't. I don't even know how to answer that question. He's he's <laughs> been playing shows my whole life, and yeah. before I was born, he was doing the whole touring thing. Oh, okay. So he okay. grew up in Tulsa, uh, and was playing gnarly ass Tulsa bars. You know, by the time he was fourteen. Oh wow! And, cool. Uh, uh, Leon Russell had his studio there, the church, uh, Shelter Studios, Shelter yeah. Records. And eventually Pops started doing session work, and then one of his oh. bands was on Shelter Records at one point in time, but then Leon divorced his wife in Tulsa and moved <laughs> like yeah. overnight. And right. like there Pops was just jobs. on tour, and there was like the whole business just went away or whatever. Wow! But he's got all these crazy stories, you know, touring for with like opening for Chubby Checkers and all these all these people. Um, yeah. Is he still alive here? Yeah. 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 Does he yeah. live here or in Tulsa? He lives. He lives here in Wichita. Okay. So growing up, uh, my dad and Rudy Love were real good friends, and so I grew up with my dad and Rudy playing together all the okay. time. Cool. But my dad's real big into the jazz, and so he was he knows all the old jazz heads here in town. Mm. Uh, and again, he plays the B3 with the Leslie rotating speakers. Whoa. And that's just like a, such a, a unique sound. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, and you don't come across somebody that can really do it like, you know. Yeah. So he grew up in that era where it was part of all, that instrument was part of all the rock bands. Right. Uh, and he just, it, it blows me away. He's he's on a different level than I am musically. I'm, I'm a very uh, emotionally in touch, like, I play what I feel. Right. But I cannot communicate or articulate, you know. I right. still freeze up, but I'm like, I get nervous around my dad still. Like, I'm 40, I'm, <laughs> I'm 40 years old, I'm trying to play my dad a song, and the second he says, what key is it in? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> It's, it starts today. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like that anytime I play, so I, I understand that, but in a way, I guess. Um, yeah, so he played Hammond Orkin and and in Rudy Love and 
you know, yeah. some of his bands and all that and the Wichita scene and jazz. And so in a way, I hear jazz in your music quite mm-hmm. a lot, you know, like it's it's free stuff, free form in some aspects of it. And it's always intriguing to me. So I always like it draws me in, I guess. I definitely think that that uh, growing up with that definitely like, you know, I was listening to Sonic Youth and Dinosaur Jr., and Nirvana and all these, you know, Hum and all these mm-hmm. bands back in when I was in high school and middle school and like starting to like play guitar and learning how to write songs and stuff. Right. But I also had this lifetime of listening to my dad and all of his friends. And so like I'm definitely using different types of not types of chords like whatever, but like I just I've always included different things, you know, not followed a certain formula for right. writing stuff. I've never been a one four five or right. whatever the different things are. I'm just like, <laughs> exactly. I don't know. It's how this one goes, it I guess. sounds or how you're feeling or, you know, yeah. you're driven by your emotion in a way. You emote. Well, and, and banjo and guitar, I can, you know, I can at least like say, okay, I'm playing this chord. Yeah. But with the ukulele, I'm just like, I... You guys, really, I have no clue what I'm doing. I, <laughs> I put my fingers around on places. I find stuff. It works. Yeah. You know, I just go go from there. And then you just try to remember it. How do you remember it? Now, you just kind of do. It just works. I have no clue why the ukulele <laughs> stuff works, but when it works, it works. Yeah, it does. I like ukulele. You brought a guitar today. I did. Um, so, do you want to play a song then? Uh, yeah, yeah, we can play a song. Uh, so this is like a, it's a new song. It's called like Waiting Games or something like that. But it's a, gonna be a, on a EP I'm working on here pretty, pretty soon. No 
concept of time So what the hell, I might as well Wait some more Waiting like a fool With nothing to lose You surprised yourself When you said out loud You came back Even you were confused That night We talked for hours Called you mine, but I was ready to be called yours. Then I felt the love drain right from your lips. Yes, that's not a sound you cannot hear. But sometimes that's That song in particular is the first time in my life, but every, people have brought up Jeff Buckley a couple times. Nice. Yeah. Well, it's got, That's... he had that uh, kind of-esque, you know, not at all in a way. Too, but it's he had really... a very fluid way of expressing, and uh, it's such a subtle difference, but I, even in that song, I have to very intentionally decide whether I'm going to go with a who or a ha. Because it it sounds and articulates something completely different, right? Uh, and so even with that one on the demo that I have available, mm-hmm. on that part I got these harmonies that I'm doing, but I'm trying different ways. So one of them's doing a who, and one of them's doing a ha, uh-huh. and they all clash in the demo because I'm like just trying to figure out where I should do what, right? You know? Yeah, for sure. 
But so yeah. This new EP, um, I'm really trying to push my vocals. Uh, the kids that I'm working on are uh, they, you know, like like I was talking about earlier, the people believing in you. They they believe in me more than I do, and yeah, they uh, they really encourage me to try new things and push push my vocals. On this new EP, just in general. So, what was the name of that song again? Is it is it what did you say? Wait for it. Uh, I don't know what I'm calling it yet exactly. I think I'm calling it right now. I call it waiting games. Waiting games. Or maybe waiting like a dog, but I'm really not sure what what I'm gonna end up calling it. Okay, that's really good. And you said you're doing an EP, so uh, how many how many songs does the EP contain? Well, I don't know if this is official or whatever, but I'm not calling it a full album because I have six songs. Uh huh. And then I want to do a little reprise of a song at the end, so there will be seven tracks. Okay. But uh, it's kind of a collective grieving album, so uh-huh. at the end I want to reprise one of the songs, which is a waltz, but I want to make it like full. Like, I want everybody to, after six songs of, of collective grief, like group therapy together, I uh-huh. want everybody to just have this like epilogue at the end. Of like, yeah, but now it's the new day. Here's the beautiful sunrise and Phoenix from the ashes. Well, yeah, honestly, like, this is so silly, but I don't even know how to like how to make it happen. But I want to, I want to make some sort of like ballroom waltz, like a fully orchestrated Uh waltz. That'd be cool. And like where every like just the listener just like automatically is dancing away from their the issues that we all just collectively. The whole album yeah. is like basically a uh, morning. It's an essay to um, uh, uh, it's an exploration of abandonment issues. Right. Uh, grief. Uh, grief. It's it's a collective grief, and okay. especially after the last year and a half of oh man losing more people than we've ever lost as a you know what I mean at, yeah like community and not just community but as an entire world <laughs> yeah like, you know totally totally it's just been ravaged and it doesn't even get addressed gosh you know a lot of times it doesn't even get addressed it turns into the minute point of two people's argument which has nothing to do with the lives that were like lost yeah sad it's just sad to me anyway well losing lives is sad so there you go so that was awesome um music is that that's part of the grief song yeah 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 i can feel it i mean i can feel it it's like spiritual uh sorrow i mean in a way the the main like the the you know you get into the where what would be considered the chorus and it's Mm -hmm. i felt the love drain right from your lips like you just kiss somebody and you felt them realize they don't love you anymore oh i know it's like heartbreaking so like that's that that's definitely some (laughs) Serious grief. So it's a it's a surreal moment to identify in the moment, and yeah. probably not the time to bring it up. Like, <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. I just realized you don't love. You just realized you don't love me. Yeah, oh, you just realized. You oh, don't gee love willikers! Me. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, on the Catch a Pocket podcast, Joey, we always talk about a story of inspiration. 
Um, do you have a story of inspiration or a story that you found inspiring and, you know, you want to share with us? Me? Man, I, anytime I see an artist up on stage, like, exhibiting vulnerability, like, the strength and vulnerability, I'm inspired. Yeah. And there's so many stories of that. Uh, and so many times where it's really inspiring to... Just like I said, to like, to 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 be able to make and take the medicine. Anytime anybody talks about where the medicine went with them, mm-hmm. uh, or like for instance, a lot of times uh, I did a an, an EP a couple years ago that was like mostly banjo instrumentals, and I tell people when I'm when I'm selling it, giving it out or whatever, hey, take me. It's thirty minutes, start to finish. Take me down your favorite dirt road, you know. Like, take this down to, like, show, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And getting those videos. People send me a video, like, here's me, like, here's my favorite dirt road. Like, here's, you know, listen to the stuff. And, mm-hmm. like, all that, all that stuff inspires me so much and it motivates me so much. But uh, I think a little more to your point, I'll talk about a, one of the song lyrics that changed my life from another artist. Um, a, a friend of mine who lives in Hawaii now, Mark, uh, he made, like, I always listened to Stevie Wonder growing up, but this one song, it's not, like, one of the more popular ones that you always hear all the time. You hear it, but it's not the one you think, like, that's, you know. But the song is just called As, A-S. And there's a lyric in it where he says, turn your words into truth and turn that truth into love. And, uh... That was one of the most, like, pivotal moments as far as a songwriter. Like, okay, this is how I have to write songs. Like, I have to figure out a way to turn even my hurt into love. Right. You know? And so even though I have all these sad songs, I always tell people, it's like, these are all unconditional love songs. Like, and that's part of it. Because you got to be super tough uh, to love unconditionally. Definitely. Can't be no wimp. No, this <laughs> this world isn't made for that. No, and the, a lot of the toughest people with the toughest exteriors They're the, are can't just have the have the weakest uh, shield between the barriers between them and and, and that explosion of of uh, power and energy. But yeah, for sure. But yeah, Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. Turn your words into truth so and turn that truth adds. into love. And it just struck you like when you realized that's Bam. what he was saying. That was like a lightning bolt into your heart or something. Yeah. Yeah. Once I once I really heard it. Yeah. I'm sure I heard it a million times growing up. Right. But when my friend Mark pointed it out to me, like in my I was in my early twenties, uh, it it changed a lot. It you know it took me a long time to be the forty year old songwriter yeah. I, that I am today. But like. Uh, Right. I have my passing and failings in, in those departments. Yeah, you you cannot do well at something unless you do poorly at it as well. Because <laughs> if you, I mean, what I've found is you're my 41 um, episode 
it, you're going to be. And That's perfect. cheers to you. In two days, I turn 41. Well, cheers to you. Bam. Two days. Happy birthday. That's <laughs> why I, uh, I, I, I squeezed that. As a 40-year-old, I squeezed it in right at the last minute yeah. because I got two days left. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> awesome. So I'm so glad you came, and um, I'm so glad you shared your stories with me. Yeah. And I'm so glad you express yourself the way you do, and I so appreciate it. Likewise. Yeah. Thanks for having me, and thanks for sharing your medicine with the world and letting people hear about this stuff and learn about this stuff. This is really cool. Yeah, thank you. And uh, thanks for catching a pocket with me today. You bet. All right. Later. Later. <laughs>